This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's been a whirlwind last few days in Boulder, Colorado. It is Wednesday, April 26th. This is the College Football Daily. I am Lance Glenn. The Buffaloes had their spring game this past weekend, and since then they've had 17 players enter the transfer portal. We've seen roster turnover that we've never seen like this before. Again, coaches come and coaches go and first year coaches like to bring new players, but none have really had as big an impact when it comes to changing a course of a roster like Coach Prime has done so far at Colorado. Buffstampede.com has done a great job covering all the departures as well as the acquisitions this offseason and joining me to discuss everything there is regarding that is the publisher of the site, Adam Munster Tiger. Adam, it's been quite a busy last few days, man. How you doing? Thanks so much for coming on and joining me. Yeah, I'm hanging in there. I, I told my wife at one point yesterday this is crazier than signing day is typically and you know that's a day you can prepare for the way that coach prime talked since he got the job in boulder maybe i should have prepared a little bit more but uh yeah we we hustled yesterday and we're able to keep everybody up on the latest but uh, it's just uh like you said, unlike anything we've seen before in terms of the roster overhaul in Boulder, 10 players entered the transfer portal between the end of the 2022 season and the start of spring ball. 14 more entered the transfer portal between April 15th when the spring window opened and the, before the, the spring game this past Saturday. And the, like you said, 17 more since then. So that's 41 players leaving. There are 29 scholarship players coming in, but right now 17 open scholarships. So I just threw a lot of numbers at you. I've been dealing with uh, a lot of these numbers that are very fluid and that 17 number. I mean, we're recording this and who knows what it's going to be by the time folks watch this because things have been moving fast in terms of roster turnover in Boulder. Yeah, that's that's a good point. We're recording at about 1.30 Eastern on Tuesday. This podcast is going to go live Wednesday morning, so we could see 18, 19, 20 
those numbers eventually uh, come to fruition when it comes to players entering the portal before this episode does go live. So let's just start off basic. I know Coach Prime, the famous quote, you know, I'm bringing my luggage. It's Louie. We knew that there was going to be this roster turnover. And like I said, we've seen it in other places before. We saw it at USC, right, with Lincoln Riley coming in. We saw it at LSU with Brian Kelly coming in. Even in the Pac-12 this offseason, Kenny Dillingham at Arizona State went through large roster turnover as well, bringing in a lot of transfers. But was this sort of movement, again, something that we really have never seen before to this magnitude was this expected i know you said it's it's sort of busier or or more of a a whirlwind than than even signing day was this amount right 41 transfers was this something that you could have foreseen happening when coach prime came in even though he did say look he's he's bringing his guys with him the 40 number 41 number is large uh that is a little bit more than i expected now you go back to every time that Dion coach prime sanders has talked to the local media here he's talked about this is not our roster right now. We're going to have a big influx of talent in the springtime. So he's told us every time we've been willing to listen, still that, that 41 number is pretty big. I think if you look at it on one hand, Coach Prime takes over a program that went 1-11 and really feels like they need a complete reshaping of this roster. Now, the pessimistic view would be that you've got 17 open scholarships right now as we we record this. And I don't know if that transfer portal pool is all that deep, you know, in terms of top level talent out there. So that's the question. If you can fill those spots with guys that are unequivocally better than the ones that you told to leave after spring ball because depth is important in college football. And that's been one of the biggest issues we've seen with Colorado football throughout the years. They've had a number of players drafted during this long stretch of futility, but it's been that depth that has kept Colorado from having a consistent winner. And so being able to to round out the roster here in the next couple of months, because you got to get those guys ready to roll in early, in early June to really build that cohesiveness over the summer months before you start camp, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, I wouldn't put it past Coach Prime and the staff to get it done, but there's a lot of pressure on them right now to bring in that talent and fill out the depth chart because there's some spots that are pretty bare right now. Yeah, absolutely. And filling that depth chart, filling that roster is obviously going to be something that a lot of fans keep their eyes on when it comes to Colorado. And and look, 17 players uh, have entered the transfer portal uh, as of late, 41 in total, we knew that there was obviously going to be this transition and these players coming and going. But of the players that recently entered, of the 17, are there guys that you think Colorado staff are saying to themselves, man, I wish he would have stayed or man, I wish we were able to keep him because I'm assuming most of these guys were sort of shown the door in one fashion or the other. But I'm sure there's got to be two or three of them that the Colorado staff probably wish had stuck around. I don't think there's a whole lot, to be honest with you. Now, Montana Lamonius Craig having over 150 receiving yards in the spring game and then hitting the portal. I don't think they expected that, wanted that. But it is something where that's a position that you bring in Xavier Weaver. You've already got Jimmy Horn on campus. Travis Hunter's expected to play at a lot of receiver. Montana Lamonius Craig might have been your fourth or fifth receiver this year. And now with him hitting the portal, picking up a lot of options, he can find another power five opportunity where he can be maybe the, the third guy in terms of the pecking order. So he's a guy that I think you would like to have back in the program. Now, Colorado staff might not feel this way. I think Jordan Tyson was somebody that they should have won back. He was developing into one of the top playmakers in the Pac-12 right until he hit that 
uh, eight-week mark of last season and suffered a lower leg injury, missed the last three and a half games. But he was a Pac-12 freshman of the week, the Pac-12 special teams player of the week that week prior to getting hurt against Arizona State. And so that's somebody, once he gets healthy, I think is going to be a really quality add for another Power 5 program. And then Nico Reed made a lot of plays at cornerback for the Buffaloes as an underclassman, played a lot during late during his true freshman season, was a big part of their defense in 2022, and was one of the few bright spots for them defensively, even though that unit overall ranked dead last in the country. Nico Reed was a pretty good player for them in the secondary. And so those are three guys that should have quality landing spots. I don't know if necessarily one of them is one that if you're coach prime and the staff feel like you can't live without, but it definitely wasn't a good feeling to see Lamonius Craig in front of 47,000 fans. If you're a Colorado fan, see enter see him enter the portal a couple of days later. They definitely would have liked to have him back. Yeah, with his performance, Montana Lamonius Craig was obviously the most notable transfer uh, entrant, obviously, because he, he really shined uh, on what was one of the brightest spring game stages. Now, I do want to talk a little bit about the spring game, because like I said, it was just there was so much excitement surrounding it, so much anticipation to see what Colorado was going to look like both on offense and defense. And again, it's an inner squad scrimmage or an intra squad scrimmage, I should say. But at the same time, obviously, if people want to see what this product looks like on the field, just from your vantage point, though, being there covering Colorado, what was the atmosphere like? Because it was obviously snowy, it was cold, but yet, you know, 50,000 plus packed Folsom Field and made Colorado spring game really a great environment to watch on TV. Yeah, that number in terms of the attendance on Saturday nearly tripled the previous spring game attendance record at Colorado. So it was unlike anything we had ever experienced. The excitement with Coach Prime running out there, even though Ralphie didn't get to run because of the weather. Uh, so it's almost appropriate that Ralphie's first run in front of Deion Sanders is going to be when the Buffaloes host Nebraska in September. But going back to the spring game, it was, uh, again, unlike anything we've ever seen. There were a lot of recruits, 70 of them in the house, uh, a lot of them official visitors, uh, a lot of them pretty star-studded. There was you know, five and four-star recruits there. So it was unlike, unlike anything we've experienced before. Peggy Coburn, 98-year-old super fan, kicked off the, the spring game. So there was a, some fun moments in there, and Travis Hunter caught the first touchdown pass. So there was a lot to feel good about if you're a Colorado fan about the future, but it was a very vanilla situation, both offensively, defensively, in terms of the play calling. You know, th there's a lot of guys, especially defensively, that were walk-ons that aren't going to be part of this group in terms of making an on-field impact in 2023 that were playing a big role in that spring game. Again, there's a lot of open scholarships on the roster right now. Only four defense alignment, including a walk-on, were available for the spring game. So there's not a whole lot to take away from the spring game other than just enjoying the atmosphere with people so excited for the first time around the CU program uh, since really back in 2016 when they won 10 games under Mike McIntyre. It's, it's been a, a tough road for a lot of Colorado fans, and so that was a day for them to enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought up the defense because look, we know the offense is going to score points. We know Shadur Sanders can sling it. They they have weapons at receiver. Travis Hunter, I assume, will play both ways, some receiver, some on defense as well. You mentioned that obviously a lot of the players in the spring game uh, were players that necessarily may not even be part of the two deep come, you know, a depth chart release come that first game. So with the defense, should fans be worried? Because obviously the offense looked a lot further along than the other side of the ball. Should fans be worried? Are there are there more reinforcements coming? I know a guy like Cormani McLean is yet to enroll too. I know he's coming this summer. So how worried should fans be when it comes to the defense and their play during last weekend spring game? 
It's all about your expectations if you're a Colorado fan. Worried is maybe not the right word. This is a football team that went 1-11 last year, uh, ranked dead last out of 131 FBS programs and scoring margins. So in terms of tomorrow, they could feel a team that would be better than what they had in 2022. So are there some concerns in terms of, okay, if Shador Sanders gets hurt this season, what happens there at quarterback? Because second string on Saturday was a true freshman early enrollee who has got a bright future, but he's a true freshman early enrollee. You haven't quite seen the pieces all come together on the old line yet. You've got some good pieces there. Uh, receiver, there's going to be a lot of fresh faces. Defensive line, I mentioned there was only three scholarship guys healthy on the D-line at the end of spring ball. So there's concerns, uh, but they're going to be in a much better situation when they kick off this season than they have any time recently in Boulder. Now, if you want to get to a bowl game, yeah, there's some pressure on them to fill up these 17 open scholarships with some quality guys because there's going to be depth issues otherwise. If you go into the season the way they are right now, there's going to be positions that are hampered late in the season due to you know a very brutal schedule, one of the toughest in the country. So if they can fill some of those spots, then they'll have a puncher's chance in terms of getting bowl eligibility. But in terms of being worried about where Colorado is. If you just look back and sit back and see where Colorado was four or five months ago, you'll be a little less worried just in in terms of absorbing that there is a lot more talent in Colorado's program right now than there was before Coach Prime took the helm in Boulder. I'm going to get you out of here on this one. I'm glad you brought up the schedule because it is a a very tough schedule, even the non-conference too. Nebraska, TCU, uh, two of the obviously marquee games, games that fans have circled. Uh, When it comes to that non-conference schedule, they they play a gauntlet in the Pac-12 as well. I think one of Colorado's biggest issues this season will be the expectations on them, right? This is, like you said, is a team that went 1-11 last year. You can only go up from there. But with all of the transfers coming in, all of the hype surrounding the team going on ESPN for their spring game and all the videos that come out, expectations for some, I think, might be bowl game or bust. But in reality, you know, this team goes four and eight next season. That's a big step in the right direction. What are your thoughts on how fans sort of set their expectations for what Colorado could do this season compared to what should be viewed as a successful season for the Buffaloes? Because I think for some, they could be two very different things. Well, it's funny. ESPN's FPI has it as a 1.7% chance, a 1.7% chance that Colorado will win six or more games. How do they come to that number? I have no idea because of the roster turnover. I don't know how you would project what Shadour and Travis Hunter did in the SWAC last year over Pac-12 football. If I'm a Colorado fan, I'm going to hold out hope that they can get to six wins and get to a bowl game. There's a lot of mediocre teams in college football that somehow find a way to win six games. You've upgraded a lot of positions. Maybe that's unrealistic in year one. I don't know. But Coach Prime has set forth the expectation that he wants to win right away. Deion Sanders has said many times that I'm too old to have patience at this point. And so coming in the door, really kicking down the door and saying, hey, you guys hit the portal because we're going to bring in Louis Vuitton luggage, like you said. He is trying to set high expectations. So if the head coach in Boulder, who is bringing in a lot of this talent based on his fame, cachet, savvy, and a good staff around him, you know, if he's setting those expectations that they expect to compete in year one, then as a Colorado fan, you got to kind of follow suit. But if you're going anything beyond six wins in, in 2023, that's where maybe the expectations are getting out of whack because of how big of an uphill climb it is from where Colorado was just a few months ago. Yeah, absolutely. It really, there's just so much excitement, honestly, and so much anticipation surrounding the program, Colorado's 2023 
season and just a lot of intrigue to see what this roster will look like when all that change is done and when they get ready to suit up for game number one, surely will be very different than what it is now. Uh, And surely there will be pieces that didn't play in the spring game that will be making an impact for the Buffaloes this season. You can follow Adam on Twitter at AdamCM777 and check out BuffStampede.com for the latest in Colorado athletics, as well as obviously all this transfer portal movement, departures, acquisitions, so on and so forth. Adam, thanks so much for joining me. Remember to give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and head on over to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel and click that subscribe button. So for Adam Munster Tiger, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks for listening to the College Football Daily. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.